On the podcast today, we are going to dissect sutras 41 to 51 of the Yoga Sutras of Patanjali. And this is the next episode of the 196 meditations on the Yoga Sutras. And this is actually the last part of the first section of the Yoga Sutras, which is called in Sanskrit, Samadhi Padda, or what we would call in English, integration. And there are four parts actually of the Yoga Sutras. So this is the end of that section. And as I said, in Sanskrit, it's called Samadhi Padda because the focus in this section has been on Samadhi. So if you want to go back and listen to all of the previous episodes, we recommend that you go and do that. But without further ado, we'll cut this into two sections, 41 to 51. So the first section I will read, which is Sutras 41 to 46, and then Gayang will read 47 to 51. As the patterning of consciousness subsides, a transparent way of seeing called coalescence saturates consciousness. Like a jewel, it reflects equally whatever lies before it, whether subject, object, or act of perceiving. So long as conceptual or linguistic knowledge pervades this transparency, it is called coalescence with thought. At the next stage, called coalescence beyond thought, objects cease to be colored by memory. Now formless, only their essential nature shines forth. In the same way, coalesced contemplation of subtle objects is described as reflective or reflection-free. Subtle objects can be traced to their origin in undifferentiated nature. These four kinds of coalesced contemplation with thought, beyond thought, reflective, reflection-free are called integration that bears seeds of latent impressions. And so these 10 sutras are basically about coalesced contemplation, the four different kinds, aren't they? Yes, four stages of coalesced contemplation. Exactly. Yes. And in Sanskrit, coalescence is samapati. Yes, samapati. And so coalescence is a mechanism of integration mm-hmm. for samadhi. So that's yes. something we need to think about. So samapati is very important in this section. Yes, yeah, so first stage is being coalescence with thought. Mm. So with the knowledge of transparency, but with the thoughts meaning still there's some little seeds of a patterning of consciousness the meaning that the thoughts keeps kind of popping up to the mind yes yeah and that's why we have the image of a jewel right because a jewel here is that our mind needs to be like a jewel if we're going to go to samadhi mm. and we're going to go through these four stages yes so the image of a jewel is there to evoke the transparency yes and that mirror like sort of reflectivity mm, right so with their thoughts being again the, the concepts, linguistic languages, and these things pop up, and like you mentioned about jewel, these things that reflect upon the pure consciousness. Yeah, mm. yeah, that's right, that's right. And so that's what really uh, samapati is, right? Like that image of a jewel, which uh, is transparent and mirror-like. Yes, that's when all of perceptual awareness comes together this is where you can say almost like yoga is somewhat similar to non-dual philosophy even though it's not because we still have prakriti which is nature and purusha which is pure awareness but the yogi has attained this samapati where where the integration of of all of life joins together yes and there's actually no form of separation mm-hmm. in their awareness mm-hmm. so again the yoga means the Union, union right? yeah. to yoke. To yoke, yeah. So that almost like, um, although um, Patanjali distinguishes between Prakriti and the Purusha, but it's almost like a union between Prakriti and the Purusha. Yeah, that's right. Well, in Purusha, you gain the awareness that your true nature, Purusha doesn't really belong to Prakriti. Mm. But your pure awareness, you see Prakriti for what it is. Yes. And 
yourself, your ego, is actually not something that is yours. It's part of Prakriti. Mm. This is one of the core mm. points in yoga. You know, a lot of people come go around saying, you know, this is my life and, and so forth and so on. And I've made videos before about the, this is the universe's life, not your life. And yoga would agree with that because your ego, your everything about you, and air quotes, belongs to Prakriti. Pure awareness is always pure. That's actually your true nature, but it doesn't belong to the natural world. Right, so... Actually, that uh, pure distinction and that has to be addressed and acknowledged. Yeah. That the fact that your ego, the me and I-oriented thoughts, it all belong to Prakriti. That's right. Not part of Purusha. Not part of Purusha. Because Prakriti is all of the physical and mental soup of existence. So all of the energy and everything we see, right, and experience is Prakriti. And yoga are not saying that that's a negative thing, like it's great to experience life and to actually be this person, but you need to realize that you're not really this person, it belongs to this world, so you need to develop this gap between Prakriti and Purusha, so you are not blown by the winds of change in Prakriti, because Prakriti tends to change. Mm -hmm. Purusha is eternal, unstained awareness, so you cannot be moved by this or that. Yeah. So you need to abide in that. Mm. And that's what this, you know, these sutras are actually about. It's about coming back into that, that understanding. Yes. So we should talk about Samapati, right? Because mm-hmm. Samapati, a lot of people probably don't understand this, but it's, it's not an altered state of consciousness. No. And that's like a lot of people think when they evolve in their spiritual practice mm-hmm. that they're going to have some sort of hallucinogenic state of consciousness, but that's not actually what it is. Yeah, so we may, people like to fantasize this state of consciousness, right, when we talk about spiritual practice. So, yeah, Samapati is not the altered state. It's more so like a much more clearer and the more accurate view of the experience. Yeah. It's more, so more of a state of mind where you can see things as they are. Mm, that's right. Much more transparent and much more clear which is not the altered state of mind, which you kind of travel the cosmos or channeling or this kind <laughs> no, of no, it's fantastic a, idea. It's not a new age thing. No. Samapati is where basically everything falls together. So as we were mentioning earlier, right, everything sort of is joined and, and comes together in, in, in your awareness. Yeah. And so uh, you don't have a distinction between separation between this and that because you see everything as prakriti. You're abiding in your awareness during this process of samapati but it is what we would say is the kind of the natural state that arises from narodaha so the settling or the stilling of the mind which is important as we've discussed in previous episodes of of this series and you know we we chittavritti narodaha right at the beginning of the yoga sutras it's it's still a template of all yoga and rodaha is the settling of the vrittis of the whirlpools of the mind yeah and so once we do settle, that's when Samapati becomes evident in our consciousness. Mm. We begin to experience that mm. coalesced contemplation, yes. that coalesced awareness, if mm. you will. And in this uh, stage one, which is Samapati, there still could be a certain element of suffering yes. may arise because there's a subtle kind of the, the conflict and the push and back sort of fight between your ego and your true self when ego are trying to hold on to these um, I, me-oriented thoughts while your 
true uh, pure awareness saying don't worry about it don't react to it just shut it down shut it down mm. so there's a little battle going on so there still may be some kind of a suffering may arise we all find that in our spiritual practice right we find that we hold on to distinctions as we go deeper so we hold on to distinctions and distortions we have of reality mm. it makes the ego feel comfortable because that's what the ego is accustomed with and in some sense we need to tend and care for our our ego because it became what it is in this life but it is not who we are especially if you're serious in in yoga or in any other eastern spiritual practice and so you have to be aware of that as you said that samapati suffering of yeah. that holding on to the distinctions as opposed to like because you are in a bit of a battle mm. in your spiritual process between that a little bit right where we don't want to fully embody coalescence we just want to hold on to the distinctions that we have and we're scared to step beyond the pale and a lot of people do experience this you see this people who even will spend years in ashrams they yeah. they, they speak openly with the guru about this mm. That they're scared just to step over that line because they might think it's some sort of crazy state of consciousness or whatnot, <laughs> but it's not. Yes. Yeah, so the next stage is called the coalescence beyond thoughts. So mm. this one is without any thoughts. So objects cease to be colored by memory. Now formless, only their essential nature shines forth. Mm-hmm. Again, when memory ceases, right? Once we are not coloring the reality with our memory. We begin to see reality as it truly is, as opposed to how we've been trained to see reality as it is. And this is a big theme within the Yoga Sutras, as you know. We've spoke about this in the previous chapters, because Patanjali keeps harping on about this coloring of reality. Now, coloring here means the coloring with the conceptual frameworks we have, past memories, our conditioning is how we filter reality. But can you see reality without any of that? Is what he's challenging us to do. As he said, now formless, only their essential nature shines forth. So then what you see from that beyond thought aspect of coalescence is you see the Purusha and all, mm-hmm. or you see the Atman, to use Vedanta as an example. Yes, that's right. Again, that they, once we begin to see the object stands before awareness as it is, mm-hmm. without any association from your past memory or experience, then mm-hmm. you finally get to see the reality or nature as it is. Yes, that's right. And so we go to the next stage. We have coalesced contemplation of subtle objects is described as reflective or reflection free. So we're getting down to deeper levels here of subtlety as Patanjali would talk about. Like basically we've been talking about, you know, differences between gross and subtle here. The subtle is the immaterial, right? The subtle perceptible reality. Mm. And there's a few ways to explain that. Like in Sanskrit, you have this idea of tanmatras so the subtle primary experiences underlying so you have like sound form odor flavor feeling and if you go even deeper you have the three components of the movements of consciousness which we would talk about which are intelligence buddhi sensory mind manas and ahamkara which means eye maker or ego sense of self yes and these are the subtle aspects of of this coalesced contemplation Mm -hmm. which we encounter and that's part of the deeper practice, right? Getting into those ones. Yes. As opposed to dealing with the gross material world, which is basically just visible and perceptible because yeah. it's just matter and products of consciousness. But this is where you, we go deeper into our, into our spiritual practice, right? Because you become aware 
of the essence of like what he talks about, like sound, form, odor, flavor, feeling, buddhi, manas, ahamkara. Mm. You become aware of all of that. Yes. Yeah, in a subtle sense, you get to finally recognize these uh, kind of sensory activities that are occurring within your sensory state of mind. Yeah, for sure. Definitely. And so these subtle objects, as he mentions, can be traced back, right? So we can trace these back to the origins of really nature itself or property. Mm. Yes. So still it's not pure awareness, but it's the type of coalescence that evokes awareness of the subtle objects. Mm, yes, yes, yes. So, which they might call as sattvic awareness, if you will. Yes. I mean, uh, once you get to be aware of your physical sense, that's the kind of gateway to get into the subtle awareness. Yes. Right? Yep. So, yeah, not the other way around, no, obviously. No, that's no. definitely not happening. Yeah, so subtle objects, the cognitive activity is much more subtle than material awareness mm. yeah as you mentioned that sattva like sattvic uh, stage of consciousness of, of mind yes mm. that's right that's right so last stage of these four kinds of coalesced contemplation being reflection free mm. which is basically integration the samadhi samadhi yes yes so in this stage you still kind of bears the seeds of latent impressions yes but as in integration the, without any reflection. There is no any jewel of thought that's reflecting at all. Yes. A complete integration state of mind. So the stuff of the self is no longer seen as the rest of creation, right? So the subject and object are no longer seen as separate from, yes, this, from yes. this perspective. Yeah. Latent impressions in this sense, still arise, but they're not in the sense of the ego, mm -hmm. so to speak. So the consciousness has internalized and settled itself, basically. And so from that perspective, you have nature appearing as more inclusive as opposed to exclusive about how we usually see the world. Yes. And from that state, well, that's the end state. So samadhi is the stabilization, basically, of samapati. Is what we're talking yes. about. And that's yes. what this last stage is. It's it's the stabilization of samapati mm. within your consciousness. Mm. So that's when you fully realize that the sense of self is not apart from prakriti, as we mentioned earlier. Right. It's the full embodiment and realization of mm. that. But as, as we learn in the next sutras, that there's still one lingering latent impression or vasana or samskara that, yes. that we have to yes. transcend. But again, from this state, from this integration, the I and the world go together. Yep. That's the integration, right? It's yep. that realization that the I, Gayang, and the world uh, go together as one. Yep. But it's only seen from the Purusha, yep. right? And this, this is where the next stages come in. So to abide in that in Samadhi completely, we have to overcome this last impression <laughs> yeah so let's have a look with what the not last one is yes yeah, so from verse 47 to 51 in the lucidity of coalesced reflection free contemplation the nature of the self becomes clear the wisdom that arises in the lucidity is unerring unlike insights acquired through inference or teachings this wisdom has as its object the actual distinction between pure awareness and consciousness it generates latent impressions that prevents the activation of other impressions. When even these cease to arise and the patterning of consciousness is completely stilled, integration bears no further seeds. 
And so this is where all cognitive activity gradually subsides is what we're kind of talking about here, isn't it? And so that leads into abiding in Purusha, which mm. then evokes prajna, yes. wisdom. Yeah. Again, the, I find it quite interesting that Han Raft still talks about as wisdom being not part of the pure awareness. Because mm. I guess it makes sense because wisdom is somewhat still come from here it has influenced all teachings and, and knowledge itself so that the uh, wisdom is still part of the activity of mind. Mm, mm. It can still create an impression, right, is basically yes. what he, he is saying in, in this translation. Maybe some other commentators and translators may disagree with him, mm, possibly. Mm. I mean, definitely from a Buddhist perspective, I mean, prajna would not be determined as something that is excluded from the ultimate state it's something that actually is evoked from the ultimate state but i guess chip hartranft is trying to make a distinction between in his in his commentary between mm. well that is what is evoked but then there's samadhi is kind of beyond all sorts of knowledge distinctions wisdom or any sense of duality or contemplation yeah. or anything of that nature mm. So he said that once wisdom is internalized, no more samskaras will be produced, is, is yes. kind of what he was kind of mentioning, right? Yeah. And so that again is talking about, you know, prajna is kind of a gateway to eliminating new samskaras, right? Yeah. And vasanas. Yeah, so prajna being kind of a, this a new <laughs> uh, latent impressions, mm -mm -mm. which actually prevents from having the other latent impressions arising mm. in, within the mind. So again, prajna being wisdom, knowledge and teaching, that obviously will prevent the other samskaras arising yes. within you. Well, it's like a new mode of consciousness. Mm. So what Patanjali is talking about is that once the prajna is evoked in your consciousness, there's no possibility of new vasanas or samskaras coming into your field of consciousness. Because you have the awareness that Purusha is separate from Prakriti. And so no matter what you can experience, you are karma-free, so to speak. And so it can't affect your consciousness. That's what he's talking about in these last sutras, is that even though other latent impressions may try to affect your field of consciousness, mm -hmm. this new latent impression that has been evoked through integration doesn't allow other ones to infect your mind right and so that's w where we get to in the, in the first section of of the yoga sutras yes. so this new kind of impression brings all other ones to a halt yes. all other sorts of impressions to yes. a halt he ceases mm. all other impressions okay. actually burns out all other impressions they talk about it in Advaita Vedanta mm. Ramana Maharshi talks about just being aware of your vasanas mm. to burn out those vasanas and then also preventing future vasanas from happening yeah. but that takes a lot of years of contemplation and, and self-awareness mm. to make that happen and that also eliminates the suffering once yeah. you go through that rigorous process of practicing being in the state of mind with uh, prajna with the ultimate wisdom that also eliminates the suffering well, there should be no suffering, right? Because yeah. you've eliminated all of your past vasanas and, and yeah. samskaras. Yeah. Because well, that's what makes you suffer, yeah. actually. That's what produces more karma. Mm. 
So with prajna, with wisdom, you shouldn't produce any more suffering for yourself. Mm. But as Patanjali says, it, prajna then becomes just the, the last obstacle. Yes. And so he, Patanjali kind of says that this is the, the ultimate karmic effect of integration, mm. what we would call as nirbhijasamadhi. And nirbhijasamadhi is where no further seeds are sown in your mind mm. or in your consciousness. And so that's kind of where we need to get to in our spiritual practice. We need to get to nirbhijasamadhi, which then we can have complete release from our persona system and, yeah. and this life. Mm. Yeah, when once our attention is completely distilled and pure and there's no longer any patterning of consciousness no. and yeah, this integration this kind of integration bears no further seeds at all no seeds at all no not at all and this is what patanjali would say is fulfilling the purpose of nature mm. so what you just mentioned that's fulfilling the purpose of nature so from from his perspective and from the yogic perspective that's how we fulfill the purposes of nature, yes. is by coming to that realization that no more seeds are sown. We are free from even prajna. Yes. We are completely, not a, I was going to say a blank slate. We're kind of like a blank slate, right? You are, you are empty, yeah. but you are not creating any more karma for yourself. You are free. You experience an under bliss. And this is fulfilling the purpose of nature. Yeah, again, the bears no further seeds, meaning... I would say it's a complete liberation, mm. isn't it? Completely you become liberate from all your vasanas, samskaras, and, and these uh, rigorous um, re repetitive patterning of consciousness, right? You become mm. free from all this. And you're going back to complete the, the purpose, ultimate uh, purpose of nature, which is a complete liberated state complete freedom really mm. Mm. well said and that's about it isn't it okay guys we hope you enjoyed and we'll see you guys next time